WebmasterRadio.fm has compressed thousands of podcasts and all of our radio shows into the ultimate internet marketer's knowledge base. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Absolutely free and now available for iPhone and Android users. Listen to our live broadcast at the push of a button or access our complete archive of shows past and present like SEO 101, Affiliate Buds, The Shoe Money Show, The Daily Searchcast, and so much more. Download it from the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store today. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Larry Weber. Get ready to hear perspectives on technology and integrated communications that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and brands today. Now, please welcome our host, a globally known expert in PR and marketing, with more than three decades of experience and best-selling author, the host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hello and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Larry Weber, Chairman and CEO of RacePoint Group, a global communications agency at the intersection of influence and action. Today I'll be talking about design thinking and marketing with Rodrigo Martinez, the Life Scientist Chief Strategist and Senior Portfolio Director at IDEO, an award-winning global design firm that takes a human-centered, design-based approach to helping organizations in the public and private sectors innovate and grow. At IDEO, Rodrigo develops innovative approaches to service design in healthcare, life sciences, wellness, financial services, and other industries. Rodrigo has worked on projects in 11 countries on topics including innovation, evolution of technology, biopharma R&D, scientific and industrial partnerships, and economic growth. He is a regular guest lecturer at Harvard and MIT on topics including innovation, design, and entrepreneurship, health, and wellness. You can follow Rodrigo on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Rodrigo A-P-C-G. It's great to have you on the market edge, Rodrigo. Great. Um, delighted to be here. Hey, you know, for people who are not quite familiar with IDEO, which I can't imagine there is anyone, but just in case, can you give us a bit of background on uh, sort of the history of IDEO and, and what's up these days? Um, absolutely. Um, so IDEO is a global design innovation firm. Um, started 30 years ago and then formally as IDEO around 20 years ago. And what we basically do is we design uh, and help with our clients implement products, services, and spaces. And you can think that a combination of those are really all the experiences we have, uh, whether it's in your house, whether it happens in your kitchen, in your bathroom, whether it happens on your car, at the office, when you go for a run, uh, at a friend's house. So all the places where humans go to uh, are places where we use products and services and we have experiences with them. And what we do is we design those uh, from the perspective of the humans that are going to be using them. And we have a series of studios around the world. We have 12 different studios around the world. Uh, we work on, across all industries, from small projects with startups to projects with the largest uh, multinationals, as you can imagine. And uh, we have a very diverse group of people working in all our different studios. 
and uh, you know whole methodology in terms of how do we do that. But that's basically IDEO in a nutshell. Hey, before I uh, go into some more deeper questions, I just you know IDEO obviously you know work does so much work at, like you explained in sort of the physical space and, and the physical design. How are you addressing this latest trend of you know, customer experience from a digital point of view. Are you guys getting knee-deep in that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. If you think of it, uh, 50 years ago, everything that we used, all the products that, that you or I would use or services were, were thought of and created in a, in a very physical, analog way, right? So you used wood and metal and glass and cement. And so all the tools that we had at that point to make all the things we used back then we're analog. Over the last 20 years, especially as we all are sort of very much aware of, um, there's this interplay between physical and digital. And that very much permeates everything we do at IDEO today, both in terms of how we think of opportunities for, for designing products or services, uh, the tools that we use, the deliverables that we have with clients, things we use to help clients better explain what a product or service they have and how to tell a story about it, how to market it. Um, so we're, you know, the design today um, is almost indistinguishable moving back and forth between the physical and the digital worlds, and so is our work, right? So we're, we're very much in, in, in the middle of that space as a way to think about um, how we design products and services, but also the, the final products and services. So we, we've also done some, some very uh, successful apps and different digital platforms as well. Maybe we should step back too. you know, there's, a renewed interest in design taking place. You know, most people think of design from sort of the Steve Jobs point of view. You know, the, you know, creating the next cool device. But there's there's a, there's a, a whole another set of definitions sur surrounding design taking place. Maybe you could take a stab at at, at helping our listeners understand. You know, the new design, um, Rodrigo. Yeah. So. So design is a discipline, right? And it's a discipline in the traditional way, sort of like architecture or engineering, if you like, or, you know, a field or, or medicine, if you like. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a discipline. Now, when you say new design, um, we, we really think of some, some really refer to it as design thinking or what is the process in which we are applying tools, methodologies, uh, approaches from the design discipline to solve problems in today. And I think one way to see this, with, which is happening in, across many, many different companies, especially in the last 10 years, is that I think there's a realization that the traditional business strategy way of looking at the world was very much based on we have a series of business constraints and we, need, we have some resources and we basically need to optimize the way we use those resources against those constraints. So companies would make decisions you know, across the portfolio or they'd make decisions in their operations. And you know, we need to have 50 stores, not 20 stores. And we need to have 10 plants, not two plants. And we need to have five products instead of 55, whatever those questions are. The traditional business way of addressing those questions, traditional business strategy, and a lot of it um, enabled by the sort of management consultancies, um, it's really good at optimizing solutions for those challenges. Now, I think there's a realization that happens, especially over the last 10 years, where you need to push much harder on the creative and innovative side to be able to come up with solutions 
that are not necessarily just optimal from a business perspective, which is really how do you engage people? How do you engage people when they grab a product, when they use a service, when they walk into a space, when they talk about a service with someone, a friend or family member? And, and that's where design thinking is really a toolkit. It's a toolkit that enables a process to find solutions for human challenges. And it's not human in the aggregate as in, you know, 7 billion people or even 100,000 people, but it's for human challenges that are individually very clearly identified. You know, how, what would a good experience be when you go to a bookstore to buy a book or when you want to go and grab a bike of a bike sharing program or when you are starting a new medicine, a new treatment for diabetes, what do you want that specific moment to be in terms of what you feel, in terms of what you know, in terms of what you need to learn? So it's by pushing these boundaries into creative thinking through a toolkit such as design thinking that we're able to find solutions that are not, if you like, um, developed in a top-down approach from the business strategy of the company that puts them in place, but they're actually developed to start from the bottom-up side as to these are the people that are going to be using this product or service. So that's where we start the process um, in terms of you know, applying the toolkit of, that is called today design thinking. So that would be the main difference between the traditional way of thinking of design and design thinking. So there seems to be a really renewed interest in all this. I mean, I had dinner the other night with some senior McKinsey partners. You, you mentioned some of the consultancies there. You know, they seem to be talking about that, you know, they're really pushing their, quote, new methodologies around design, uh, both in marketing and overall brand uh, connection. Uh, companies like Pepsi, I noticed, have hired chief design officers. And and uh, I, I even have a client, Kaiser Permanente, who has recently established internal innovation consultancies. I mean, what's going on in these big companies? Are, are they finally seeing the light that IDEO saw 30 years ago? <laughs> I mean, I think in, in a way... I mean, it's not as clear as that, but I think in a way, yes. So I used to work at a, 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 one of the top two um, business management consultancies for a long time. Um, so, so I understand that world very well. And I think, so one, the, the way that you can tackle challenges today is very different from how you were able to do it 10 years ago, one. Two, the type of people that you need to have around the table to come up with a really creative and innovative solution is very different than what it used to be 10, 15 years ago. Three, you know what you can get by paying, you know, I'll just use an example. If, if a company comes to a traditional management consulting firm and says, hey, here's a million dollars, here's a question, you know what you're going to get for that question. You're going to get a solid answer that, has, that is backed by data that is, you know, a solution to the problem. I think many, many CEOs and different companies recognize the value of, I actually want to start a project where I don't know what it is that I'm going to get out of. I know right. I want to find out something that somebody else has not found. How to engage this particular demographic or young people between 22 and, and you know, 32-year-olds in this particular area. I don't want to know what it is that I'm going to get. <laughs> so I think partly that's happening. I think, and, and many of my former colleagues from, from, from the management uh, consulting base um, are trying very hard, you know, McKinsey, BCG, they've all tried over the last you know, 10 years, but more, five years, to set up internal groups that, do, that try to think or do things that are similar to IDEO. Um, 
which I think is fantastic. I think the more they think they bring into the traditional work some creative thinking, I think it would be fantastic. I do think that there is a key limitation to how far you can take those approaches, which is hierarchy. Hierarchy kills innovation, period. When you operate a group of people in a very hierarchical, top-down, you work for a boss and that boss works for another boss, etc., and everything, your value in the organization is basically given to you depending on how well you do in that hierarchical structure, that basically kills innovation because you have no incentive to go outside of a line to think creatively, try something, make an experiment, and fail with it. And we're completely the opposite. The more we fail through our process very quickly on, we try things in the market, everybody in the team has exactly the same weight, the same voice. You know, many people at IDEA would tell you they don't even know who their boss is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, we, we have different roles, but there is almost, almost, I would say, no hierarchy here. And that opens a series of behavioral opportunities to push forward our creative confidence and be able to come with these innovation, uh, innovations uh, that our clients are asking us to work on. And I think that, that is happening. You know, as companies, as you mentioned, you know, the PepsiCo, the Kaiser Permanente, I'm sure you know we've done work on many different projects. Kaiser is a great organization. You know, many of these larger companies um, we've, are our clients, and either we have worked with them to help them develop the internal capabilities to have these groups emerge, and that's fantastic, right, that they're, they're starting to have roles like chief innovation officer and, you know, and the like. Hey, um, I couldn't agree with you more, but, you know, I, I look back over my career of over 30 years, and, you know, I noticed when I first started, you know, that most companies develop the innovations themselves, much like you're talking about. But somehow over the course of a few decades, it looked like hierarchies took over and companies started buying their innovation. By that I mean, you know what, let's just wait and see if a company starts doing something that can make us look better or can make our product set look better or, the, or help sell our product set more. Do you think we're going to move back, you know, hopefully to that that point of non-hierarchical innovation and stop this sort of buying of innovation? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard. It's obviously hard to know, but I think I, I would venture two things that might happen. One is companies that internally set groups that have less of the traditional constraints on how they operate. So, look for for example, you know, P and G eventually has um, has uh, what is called the gym, which is basically an internal innovation group, very much um, sort of like an internal IDEO. You've mentioned, for example a team of people that work on innovation within Kaiser Permanente, et cetera. Companies that establish internally a group that do not necessarily fall within all of the financial and political boundaries, behavioral boundaries that the rest of the organization falls, I think are going to be doing some of the most interesting work that happen in those companies. And hopefully they will infect very much like a virus. They will start infecting the behavioral patterns across other parts of the organization so that so that the creative thinking and innovation happens in other parts of the, of the organizations. And by the way, you know, many companies, I could tell you over the last month, um, just here in, the, in, in, in our office, we've had six different large multinationals asking us, could you help us set up our internal innovation group? Um, because we, you know, there's a recognition that we need to have that. So that's, that's very present. I think the, the other angle which, which I think relates to, to your question is, there is a lot happening because things are moving so fast, especially with some you know, technological advances that might happen. You know, if, if you're working on biology and you're working on, 
drug development, biology takes time. But there are other areas where um, things are happening so fast, technologies to um, you know, gather biometrics that you could use uh, for a better marketing approach, et cetera, are happening so fast that I think you will also have some companies that will be very good at identifying what type of innovations are happening outside of their walls and how very quickly to either bring them in or make partnerships with those. So I think you'll have both cases, those that strengthen their groups internally and those that get very good at identifying and tapping where those are happening externally. You know, not to, to harp on the whole hierarchical thing, but, you know, as the, you consult to these companies and help them set up their innovate, internal innovation, where does it report? Even even though IDEO people don't, might not know who their boss is, this innovation group probably has to fit somewhere in the operations of a giant company. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a very good question. So... We, and I'll give you an example, you know, one of my favorite clients was working on this big, big, big project to be able to provide new uh, financial advice, education, and a series of engagement tools around finances for young people, right? And as part of this project, we have regular meetings with the people that are the sponsors of the project, but also their bosses. But we've also, in a way, almost interviewed the people within our client set that we would like to have close to the project. Because if we have a dialogue with people that are not necessarily invited by in their usual way of operating to these projects, we know that then we literally start infecting the organization, right? So we have in meetings where we talk about brand and logos and service design, we have folks from compliance, which they have never been invited to anything creative, right? So suddenly you have a lawyer that says, oh... I've been waiting for 10 years to be able to be in a project that is as exciting as this, right? So <laughs> part of what we do is we make sure that we're bringing in the right people from the clients to not only sit in in meetings and hear presentations at all, but to roll up their sleeves and, you know, we have some very well-designed exercises to engage them to get their input as to how is this eventually going to work within the company setting? Because if we don't do that, then it'll, it falls flat later on in implementation, right? That, and then, of course, you need to have the agreement and the support all the way to the top. So for this particular client, we're meeting with them on Wednesday where the CEO and all of the leadership team underneath the CEO um, is, is coming and we have a you know, three-hour work session where we, we hardly share our learnings, but we also sort of roll up our sleeves and figure out, okay, how does this work within the company and the plans of the company, et cetera. So I think it's at, at those, uh, both of those levels. We're going to take a short commercial break right now, but please stand by. We'll be right back with our exciting conversation with Rodrigo Martinez from IDEO and more of Market Edge. Market Edge will return in just a moment. And a pitch. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short-branded, attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. 
Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach, a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. Jellian Music, your CEO coach, will break down the art of business development from the ground up. CEO Coach, on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Once again, here's Larry Weber. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Larry Weber, and I'm here today with Rodrigo Martinez, the Life Sciences Chief Strategist at IDEO, talking about design thinking and marketing and, and a few other things. Um, hey, you know, Rodrigo, all those answers to the questions in the first part of the show just beg me to ask, even if they're not your clients, who are some of the companies you admire today that are doing design thinking and marketing right? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, some of them are our clients, and look, many of our clients are, are actually very happy of us to, to talk about their work and, and are very open about that, right, because we've basically worked with them um, yeah, we've worked with them together, uh, which is it's a, it's a great collaboration. So you know we've you know we've done work with with companies, of course, like uh, like Procter and Gamble and some of the, the food companies. We've done uh, some really interesting work with uh, companies that make, for example, running shoes like Brooks. Uh, some of the, the Brooks running shoes we've done. We've done work with smaller companies that are doing some really interesting things in the in the mark in the electronic space, for example, like Kobo and uh, the Pong Research Corporation. So not all the, you know, we yes we do work with some of the largest companies in the world, you know, Microsoft of the world, et cetera. But we also do work with with sort of more middle sized companies that are doing some really interesting things in terms of how to attract people in a in a sort of very um, um, sort of new, a new way to think of marketing as well. So, for example, we work with Tough Mudder, you know, the organization that runs these different races where you run through mud and, you know, cables that have electricity, <laughs> etc. Yep, yep. Um, where we basically help them uh, rethink of the whole obstacle, the whole idea of creating these obstacles for these races, right? It's a, it's a very different way 
where their marketing is basically what they exist for, which is the event, right? So how do we think about, um, about, about design and marketing in a very different type of company that didn't exist really 10 years ago? So, you know, of course, I, I see you know, Apple is, a, is, a, is obviously always you know, in a list of some of the companies that are, that are doing some interesting things. But I, you know, some of the most interesting things are also happening with, with smaller companies. We have different, several of our studios have startups and residents where we work with the startups and residents to help them move from a two or three person team to really get out into the world and, and start a kick off their uh, Kickstarter campaign, for example. So we, you know, we work with Mellon, uh, which is a, a company that, that we help them uh, get out in, through Kickstarter as well. So some of the most interesting things are not necessarily happening with the largest companies. Yeah, they do happen there as well. But, but one of the advantages of being able to work with all scale types of uh, organizations is that you see some really interesting creative thinking and, and marketing out of core design work at all scales. And that's actually, you know, that's, that's really exciting. Hey, Rodrigo, over my career as well, you know, there's always been strategists and people coming in to give great ideas. But one of the biggest problems companies have is actually executing on the great strategies and ideas that come from places like IDEO and, and marketing strategy firms and marketing firms. Do you guys do anything differently to help make sure that your your customers, your clients execute on these great strategies? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it's a very good question, and that is a challenge um, in any dynamic between somebody that comes from the outside that works with people in the inside, right? Whether it's a large management consultancy or it's a design firm, etc. There are a couple of things that we do that I think have proven to be very powerful. Um, one is implementation should not start once you deliver the final set of assets that you were asked to work on. Implementation should really start from the beginning of the project, right? Um, I briefly mentioned that we often sort of interview the, the, the client team that we want to work with day to day because we want to make sure we have the right people working with us because that starts um, to basically trigger and deal with some of the potential implementation challenges that would come later on. So in a way, as we're having you know, work sessions with our clients, as we go to our client sites, so if they come to our studio, they spend two or three days working with us, we're sort of rolling up our, our sleeves and doing design work together. We are, in a way, already implementing, if you like, under the radars, right? So right. by the time the project finishes, you have the right buy-in from the right people, not because the CEO said that this is a great project and I'd hire you to do this, but because actually the people are very excited about what they've been working on for the last year. Um, and they, they are willing to now also take some of the learnings from the process of applying design thinking, so from the toolkit, into their own world. So we often have our clients saying, hey, I took that exercise we did in a project, and now I'm actually applying it to this completely different, unrelated project that I have in my team. That's fantastic, right? Because that, in a way, it's also implementation. So I think involving the right people, of course, one. Two, having an approach when they can be part of the design process and rolling up their sleeves and actually doing work together with us Three, a lot of the research that we do um, happens in the real world, right? So we rather have a project that starts with 10 very in-depth conversations with 10 individuals of the right type of individuals than start with a you know, 200-page PowerPoint deck of, mar of market research, right? We're not going to learn anything from that. There is a time where traditional market research is helpful, but not at the beginning of a project to come up with an innovative idea. So that research also allows us to invite our clients to go with us. 
So we will often go with our clients to someone's house in a rural area in, in Georgia or in California or in, or in Alaska and Hawaii where we've actually taken our clients, we go with them into the context so that they also understand what is it that we're trying to learn from the world. How do we identify the right questions? How do we um, sort of have our fibers that are sensitive to identifying new ideas? How do we allow those to be very much top of mind? And so doing that with our clients is also in a way part implementation. And then of course, towards the end, uh, when you know some of our projects allow us to go all the way through implementation. So more and more are clients asking us, why don't you take us all the way to the gate? Because you've basically worked with us to develop the idea, the project, we have the assets, help us tell the story. So more and more we're doing work in the in the brand side and the marketing side, all the way to opening either opening doors or opening the product or sharing the story online or whatever it is, the, the media that we're going to be using. Hey, um totally makes sense, but the, I remember back in the 90s, we had a big office in Palo Alto, and I um, had a cup of coffee with David Kelly. I believe he founded uh, IDEO, and um, I've been following his career uh, you know, ever since, and I noticed that the president of Stanford uh, had asked him to think about how to scale the design thinking process so that every student graduating from Stanford is familiar with the process and able to apply it. You know, is that is is that too visionary, or is that something that the the, the world's mindset, uh, especially at these great institutions where uh, you know, like Stanford, uh, is is this something that can happen? No, I mean I think yes. Let's be realistic, right? I mean, it's there's a reality in which we're operating, but absolutely. I mean, I think some of the the great work that David and others have done at Stanford is, you know, some of the courses taught around design thinking or design, product design or innovation are some of the most sought out after courses, right? So you'll have people that want to, from all different types of, uh, of backgrounds that just want to be in those courses. And, and that's fantastic. So in a way you're doing that, but it's also happening elsewhere, right? So every major university now has some type of innovation lab or equivalent, right? So Harvard has the iLab and we work very closely with them uh, and support the work that they're doing to, to make sure that we're also, uh, you know, enabling other students and entrepreneurs to use the design thinking toolkit. And we do it with the Media Lab at MIT. And we do it, so every major, really, organization, um, both on the academic side, but also on the entrepreneurial side, um, wants to get close to this space. So we're doing, you know, the, the companies, Yale, et cetera, other uh, universities. So I think, so yes, one of the ways that David thought for a long time now that we could sort of affect the world is sort of bring others into understanding and learning the toolkit of design thinking and letting them apply it in their own way, in their own careers. Yes, it's happening. So it's happening formally through those different universities and companies. And then also through, you know, we put out a lot of material that we believe it should be out there, right? So we have so many different cases on the website. We put out articles, we put out um, books, etc. You know, David and his brother Tom, I don't know if you know, just le- recently launched a, a book called Creative Confidence that is getting really good feedback from, you know, from students to executives because it's by putting these little nuggets out there to get people out of the mindset of, well, I'm not a creative person and therefore I can't do anything innovative in my life. Well, that's not true, right? In a way that's, that's sort of a it's a little bit of BS, right? So, so I think it is a, it is helping people uh, jump into the onto the creative bandwagon, if you like. If I've heard about the book, I would recommend the listeners to to pick up a copy of 
uh, or on your uh, on your digital device of Creative Confidence. Um, hey, just we only have time for two more questions. This has been great, Rodrigo. This this past year, I I noticed Idea went through sort of a re envisioning process for itself, and it was and, and it was a pretty public process around the brand identity in general. And you know, just briefly, what did you discover through that process? Yeah, that's a great great exercise. Look, this could have gone down as in, you know, five people get together in a room in, in one of our studios and decide this is going to be the new brand of IDEO. And of course, that would never work at a place like IDEO. So what we decided to do is we're going to do this involving everybody. Everybody that works at IDEO has a way to get involved in helping draft and create our new brand and identity. So we did that, and then we decided to open up to the public. So there's a there's an open platform where you can see how the ideas are progressing and what are we working on. Um, and that's really, for a place like I do, that's the only way that would actually work, right? So the goal of this new brand idea is, um, is to think about how do we want to move into the future? Who are we and how do we think of ourselves moving out into the future? And that has to be an open process. So that's basically what we did is we've just opened it up to the world to be part of that. Cool. Hey, last question. Um, from your vantage point, since most of my audience here today is our uh, marketers and uh, and brand marketers and product marketers, and you know they're thinking about you know like how much their world is changing. Uh, from your vantage point and Ideo's vantage point, any thoughts for marketers on the future involvement with not just design thinking, but you know, the way they should be approaching this brave new world of marketing? Yeah, I mean, I think one thought would be, and sort of generalizing a little bit, but marketing, of course, has moved away from what is the message and the media that I need to use to sell a product to much, much more. And the way we see it from the design and innovation world is that that message has just basically need to be an expression of how the product or the service was developed and created and what it stands for. At the end of the day, we people engage products, services, and spaces. How we design those should be the story at the core of the marketing exercise. It should, that marketing exercise should really just reflect how that was developed to solve a particular human challenge or problem or opportunity and express that outward, right? It's sort of like a megaphone of that as opposed to a story that comes later. So I would just invite them to get involved all the way to on the products that they're working on to how are those products developed, to get in there and work with the people that develop them and prototype them, whether in cardboard or in a, or in a screen, whether it's digital or physical. Get involved early, as early on as possible, so that the, the marketing is just a very natural expression of what has been the process to develop those solutions, whether it's a product or service or a space. Great advice. And I want to thank Rodrigo Martinez, the Life Sciences Chief Strategist at, at IDEO, for talking to us about a variety of topics, but mostly design thinking and marketing. You can follow Rodrigo on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Rodrigo ATCG. And also, always feel free to contact me on twitter.com um, forward slash DLarryWeber. Uh, again, Rodrigo, Thank you for what you do. It's important work and what IDEO has done for 30 years. Very important work. Thank you, Larry. Thank you for having me. And make sure, everybody, visit webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern Time in the United States 
on Tuesdays to tune in to these exciting episodes of Market Edge. This is Larry Weber. Thanks again and see you next time. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.